welcome to Your Cron, short for Your Chronicles. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Your Cron is a podcast where we chronicle ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. We refer to ordinary people on this show as people who are non-celebrities. Our goal is simple, entertain our audience and perhaps even inspire and educate. At the same time, our guests build a part of their legacy through this unique audio opportunity. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. Okay, very good. My next guest I have been looking forward to having, especially being a sports and basketball fan myself and a fan of sports history. Ron Skippy Hancock is the author of his new book called Armstrong Basketball, A Journey Through the Glory Days. Ron's book captures the memories of an era at Armstrong State University from 1970 to 1974 in which the basketball program was very successful. Ron's personal achievements during this period include 2016 Hall of Fame induction into Armstrong State University, top 10 in school history for scoring 1,318 points, 540 total field goals, and 128 steals. Ron's a two-time recipient of the Ashley Deering Award for free throws, MVP of the Fiblant Christmas Tournament, a member of the first team All-South Atlantic Conference, and a member of the 2016 Greater Evansville Hall of Fame. Ron is currently retired after 36 years of service at Veteran Energy Services Company. Wow, <laughs> uh, what a list. Ron Hancock, welcome to your Cron. Well, thank you, Scott. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, uh, like I said in, the, in that intro there, I am uh, very excited. Uh, you are actually our first sports guest on, on your cron, and being a, a sports, big sports fan myself, um, I, uh, I was, am really looking forward to this. And so um, why don't we jump on in? Um, that is a long list of stuff. And, and I guess my first question is, where is a good place to start your extraordinary basketball story? Well, Scott, I guess the first place would just be to start from the very beginning with uh, I was uh, the youngest of uh, five sisters and one brother, the youngest sibling, and we were born, they were all born in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, along with my mother and father, and then I was born in Evansville, Indiana, Evansville, Indiana in 1951. Uh, I'm the only Indiana a child in the family, but I guess I learned a lot of those hardworking values on the farm, milking cows and baling hay and spending my summers down there. And I believe that gave me a good work ethic and the, desi the desire to uh, uh, excel, work hard, and, 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 and just... Uh, so that's kind of the beginning. I believe that gave me the framework for a lot of things to come. Sure. And I want to just uh, ask um, uh, some questions about 
being a kid raised on a farm, uh, just, I know these seem kind of simple, but I'm, I'm curious. So what time did you generally get up every morning? Well, they had big breakfasts, and um, which I loved. Uh, and, but we did get up early, four o'clock, four thirty. They they would be get up, start cooking breakfast, and then uh, we would go uh, milk the cows first. And there was a lot of the the. Uh, by the time I come along, they had the automated a lot of that you just stuck on the cow's bladder, uh, but, uh, the tits, but, uh, so yeah, it was early morning, early rise. And we went to bed early. We were tired, but you know, those were, those were fun days. They weren't all work. I I was in Evansville, Indiana, and I spent my summers on the farm with my uncles and cousins. So I wasn't raised on a farm, but I spent my uh, summers from school a lot of lot of months down with my cousins and stuff. So it was a great time. It was not wasn't all work for me. I was awful young, so they teased me and, and kidded me being a city boy. But the rest of my family was all uh, from Hopkinsville, of course. But yeah, it was, it was not all work. It was fun as some, but it, it was hard work and it was early and it was uh, early to bed too also. Sure. Now I'm curious. Okay. So seven, uh, one brother and was it six sisters or seven sisters? Five, five sisters. Okay. There were seven siblings. So seven siblings. And, and you were the youngest, correct? Yes. So how how did that work out in the sibling pecking order as far as the dividing the duties of the farm work? Did you get stuck with the uh, not so fun jobs? <laughs> A lot of times I did. Yeah, they would uh, the seniority outrank me, so uh, they would pick and choose uh, what they wanted, and I kind of got the worst end of that. Yeah. What what, what uh, can you give me an, an example of? Uh, of one of those jobs that weren't so desirable that they stuck you with? Well, maybe I would have to go, uh, dip the heavy, uh, slop and uh, <laughs> the heavier work or the, uh, cleaning up the stalls, maybe that type of thing. And, uh, things like that, that they graduated from so that I, <laughs> I ended up with them. Yeah. So yeah. you got up uh, around four four thirty, and you said you went to bed early. What's early? How soon? How early did you go to bed? Joe? Well, we after you know we they they had big breakfasts and big big lunches, uh, and then we'd have a, a bit, all our meals were because you didn't eat in between, so their their meals were big, but I we eat dinner by. Uh, Four four thirty, and by six thirty or seven, everybody was pretty well in, in bed. Right, right. In well, the that's <laughs> so. Um, what uh, you, you mentioned big breakfast a couple times. Can you give me an example of what what was for breakfast? Yeah, they'd have uh, you know eggs, uh, fried eggs, and. We would have sausage and bacon, 
homemade biscuits, uh, gravy, uh, potatoes, some type of potatoes, and uh, tomatoes, and milk, and orange juice. And I didn't drink coffee when I was, you know, as a kid, but they had coffee, of course. And, uh, yeah, they were, they were really good breakfasts, too. Yeah, I bet. I do remember one time I had to load a calf, uh, and this calf was so stubborn, and I guess at 10 years old, 100, 100 pounds or so, and the calf probably weighed 200 pounds, I, I would guess, but I had to get it up this plank and onto the cattle truck, onto the cab the uh, trailer and it just didn't want to go up that plank man i was shoving it and of course (laughs) they're all laughing at me Mm. and teasing me but i could not get that calf to (laughs) me it was (laughs) he was being stubborn and i couldn't get it to go up that plank for nothing it took me a long time they finally finally got i finally got it up in that trailer uh, I played uh, on, a, on a ranch a little bit as a kid, and I remember when they couldn't get a stubborn calf to move, they used to twist the tail. Did y'all do that? Well, that tail was, I do, I do remember that tail flopping and smacking me and stuff, <laughs> but I, I, I don't remember that exactly doing that. But uh, they they had fun with it. They, they, they wasn't in no hurry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I want to go back to breakfast. Just say, like I said, I, I love the detail. Uh, so you you mentioned uh, a very uh, a, a lot of stuff, and uh, was a lot of that stuff that you you ate not just for breakfast, but ate in general. Was it was it uh, raised on the farm? The the vegetables and meat and that kind of stuff. Yeah, they all the the vegetables were raised, you know, on the farm, and then the the, the pork sausage, the pig, of course, and then the bacon. And uh, the eggs, they had fresh eggs. Uh, the chickens were laying, the, the hens. And so, yeah, everything was fresh. The milk was, of course, from the cows. And uh, I guess the only thing that wasn't was the orange juice. But that was, everything else was farm-grown. Uh so yeah, those were those were good meals, hearty meals, and uh, you wanted to eat when you got a chance because you didn't eat again. There wasn't no snacks like we do for our kids and all like that. <laughs> right. There wasn't no in betweens. Right. Right. Where and when, Ron, did you develop your interest in basketball? Well, it was kind of funny. I liked football more than basketball at first. And my, my brother-in-law was a uh, really good football player on a local high school team. And he taught me how to pass the football and everything. And, you know, it's just strange. In the city, in Evansville, Indiana, we had an alley out back of the houses. A paved, they called it an alley. It was paved where cars could come in and park you know, in back of their houses, uh, garages and stuff. And there was always a basketball goal on somebody's garage in that alley. You know, there was always 
a basketball goal, and then I can just start. I just remember, I guess the third grade, uh, we just started playing in the alley with my neighbor friends, and then uh, in the fourth grade, I played on the church team at the Salvation Army. It was the first game I ever played. Uh, a uh, regularly scheduled game, you know, and we had uniforms and all that. I just remember how special I felt in that uniform, how how that just made me feel like somebody important. And I just that just won me to the game, I think, just dressing up in that uniform and having the name of your team on it and your number. That just was something special, and I always remember that. I just remember that feeling of how how special I felt, and I think that that kind of ignited me to want to just just keep going with it. And then, of course, I started growing. I was I grew in increments, so I don't I don't feel like I ever went through the clumsy stage. I was always a little bit taller and skinnier than everybody, but I didn't ever just like grow. You know, like some kids grow six or seven inches in a, you know, in between seasons or something, and they just become real clumsy. So I think I was always, uh, never did really go to the clumsy stage because I grew in increments. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, football and, and basketball. Any, any other sports while you were growing up? Well, when I. Later on, I played. I never played baseball. I uh, always loved baseball. I love all sports. I'm very. Uh, I watch sports <laughs> to to probably, uh, you know, just overboard with it. But uh, I played softball when I become a young, uh, you know, young married adult. We had uh, teams, uh, work teams, and uh, church leagues and slow pitch softball hmm. uh there was a little bit of fast pitch when i first came up 15 or 16 years old and it pretty well disappeared and then slow pitch hmm. kind of took over but i played all through my early adult years uh played a lot of slow pitch softball it was really popular right here in this particular region of the state sure or, <clears throat> So it was a lot of fun uh, to gather around. And after, you know, high school and college is over, people, men are still wanting to compete. And uh, really good game. We had a, some really good good teams and played on a really good work team. We actually won state uh, in a Class A. Uh, we won a, a state championship in industrial ball, which was uh, – was, was, uh, Really fun because we, you know, played as a group together for probably ten years, stayed together, and but uh, yeah, I always loved baseball. Liked watching baseball. I never did play. It's funny, uh, but uh, basketball and football. Played high school football. Played two years of uh, high school football and uh, two years of uh, varsity basketball. I, I made the freshman team. And I was about the 15th man on the team. I was way down on the list, and it wasn't likely to play. 
and uh, I quit the team. It was kind of, you know, they're, they're, you're not going to play when you're that low on the list. So I quit the team, and my father at that point in my life was really suffering with uh, – he, he had an early on-stage Alzheimer's. He was a lot older than my mother, and uh, so – that I noticed that even as a even as a ten year old boy, he was starting to suffer with this, and it really put a strain on the family, and really uh, got my attention. And to see his uh, demise and his decline, it was a very painful time in my life. And so I, I get back to the freshman basketball team. That was sort of a part of the reason, but I was going to go on to say that I didn't play at all my sophomore year because he passed when I was 14. Mm. And that just kind of crippled me. And I, that, sure. But I never did give up basketball. I played every day. I went to the courts. I dribbled about six or eight blocks from home over to a local uh basketball courts and shot basketball baskets after school from uh, after school till dark and then I dribble back home but it's about six blocks and I did that every day almost the whole uh, school year that I didn't play on a school team and uh, by the time I was a junior in high school I, I had grown and they got me out of gym class and was asking me to play on the, the school team. So I had already made up my mind that I was going to, and they helped me make up my mind to play for the school team. So I went back out after setting out uh, my sophomore year in high school, and then I went back out my junior year, and uh, I started most, most of the games, maybe not all of them, but it was certainly uh, – uh, a pretty good player for him, a good rebounder and uh, inside player. I hadn't really developed uh, my shot, and uh, but I knew that if I wanted to play, that's where they wanted me, and that's what I was going to do. So I, I knew that if I was going to play, that's that's what you're going to do. You're going to rebound. You're going to play defense. So I did that. That was a no-brainer for me. <laughs> You know. Right. What you know, I'm always curious um, <clears throat> with athletes that uh, get to the level that you uh, achieved. At what point did you start to realize, hey man, I'm I'm better than a lot of these people out here? I think I started realizing that my that that junior year in high school that. Uh, I think the first game, my first varsity game, I think I scored 13 points and got maybe the same rebounds. And they wrote a real nice clip about me in paper and saying that I was, they called me a board bull or something like that. I was pretty, pretty rough. I was pretty rugged and unpolished, but I was coming. I think that's, that, that just, I started realizing that, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good and uh, I'm better than, you know, average. So uh, it 
it just made me want to excel even more. Yeah. And did you notice it mostly on the defensive side, or did you had you started to develop your shot by then? Well, that's, you know, I, I hadn't really, you know, when you play on the playground, I could always shoot from out. And, you, you know, when you're just playing for fun, I mean, you dribble and you shoot. But when you're in a scheme or when you're on a school team, they certainly want you to fill a uh, position for them or, or they want you to play a role. So I was, I was, I, pl- I would play that role uh, on the school team because, you know, I was a team player, and, and that's what that's what made teams uh, excel. Is that everybody has a role, or everybody has that position, and so, you know, it makes that's what makes teams good. That's what makes teams uh, win games. Hey everybody, Scott here to take another 60 seconds to talk about a sponsor I'm very excited to have to your cron, Suburban Buzz. Suburban Buzz takes the sting out of your marketing costs. Suburban Buzz can take care of your web development, social media, digital marketing, and general advertising, all available from Suburban Buzz. Visit Suburban Buzz at SuburbanBuzz.com. Now the owner, Holly Shervisnik, didn't ask me to read this part. I've used Holly's great service for many years. If you're a small business owner like me or just need to advertise, you need the reliable, quick service that you can count on from Holly and the Suburban Buzz team. So check them out at SuburbanBuzz.com. That is SuburbanBuzz.com. Maybe start with uh, the rest of your high school days playing basketball. Yeah, well, Scott, I was... You know, my junior year really kind of showed me that I could could do it. I really was unsure before then, not having not played my sophomore year or really my freshman year. So yeah. I started started really developing in my senior year. Uh, you know, football was first. So I was always a little bit slow coming out of football, kind of fouling a lot and, and still rugged and wanting to hit people instead of uh, – <laughs> being light on your feet and maneuvering and being quick. So it took me a little while in my senior year. I was really come on, come on strong. And we had a really good team. We were really talented, you know, and uh, in 67, I, this, this was 1970, but in 67 North, the high school I went to won the state championship, which was really a big deal. It's one class system up here in Indiana. So, you know, every school, every size plays, you know, this. it's now divided into classes. But back then uh, and on up, I think in the 70s or 80s, they changed it to class system. But they won the state. So that was kind of the mark, you know, uh, to win. You know, let's follow those guys. And we had that kind of team. We had that kind of talent. We were very, very deep. And I would play forward when uh, this one particular guy started, but he was a little bit, uh, a little bit weak and a little bit slow. And he was a junior too, but he was a good player. He's tall, 
And when he started, I would play forward, but we were a better team when I played center, actually. So about midseason, I kind of pretty well took the center over for the rest of the year. And we were ranked, and, uh, you know, I was in double figures most of the year, uh, had some pretty high-scoring games. We had one kid that was all-state and uh, went to Jacksonville, uh, which Jacksonville had some really good teams in the early 70s. And he was kind of the star. I was kind of – I was kind of the the workhorse rebounder and, and a defender, and I knew my role. But I was, you know, getting better. I was really getting better all the time, and and certainly a factor. But we lost uh, the final game of the sectionals, and Scott, we we played before twelve thousand five hundred fans wow. at Robert Stadium. That's it was incredible. Nuts. What was that Absolutely like? Absolutely nuts. What was that yeah, like? You could. What's that? Yeah, I said, what was that like? Because prior to that, what was the largest crowd you'd play you'd played in front of? Well, we we had moved uh, several games because of the crowds uh, to Robert Stadium. That's how good basketball was during that time frame in Evansville. It just uh, just a really good time frame. So we moved uh, maybe two, two or three games. So we were having five and six thousand, mm. you know, people coming to the games. And that's and our high school gym was about, I think it's seated. It's a nice gym built down in the in a, in a hole. Uh, and it was a uh, down in the ground, you know, and then it had bleachers that were really a nice gym. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the crowds were just too big, so we moved uh, games to Robert Stadium. And I think so. But that by far that sectional game, which you know, uh, that's the tournament at the end of the year, the sectionals, and then you go regionals, semi-state, and state. So we had played. Uh, we were playing Memorial uh, High School from Evansville, and. Uh, we had beaten them in the regular season by 19 points, but we weren't that much better than them. We just got on a roll and just really beat up on them. So they were ready for us in the sectionals, and I got three fouls just right off. Mm. Uh, two two touch fouls. I, I, I remember this like, you know, yesterday because <laughs> that's how big those games were for you. Sure. You know, at that time of your life. Yeah. And I got two touch fouls, so I got my third, and I had to sit, sit down. I sat out almost the whole second quarter, and uh, they got they got a pretty good lead on us, like uh, double figure, like 16, 18-point lead. Mm. And we came back in the second half, and we got it down to three or five. I think five was the, the end, the final score, but – they beat us by five. I mean, so uh, yeah, that that was just for me. You could not hear the whistle, the play. It was so loud in there. And Robert Stadium was the venue at that time because Evansville College had some tremendous teams back then. They won two or three uh, NCAA Division two crowns. Uh, and they well, they were beating all the Big Ten teams. There were several Big Ten teams that came down and played Evansville uh, 
and they, they beat everybody in, in 65, 66. Uh, some tremendous uh, college teams around here. Kentucky Westland and Evansville was a rivalry and uh, Southern Illinois Saluki. So uh, Robert Stadium was the place he wanted to play at. So it, by, by that time, and, you know, losing that final game in the sections was certainly just, oh, it just devastated you. But and I, I had no idea where my career was going, if I was going to play or Steelers out there, but really was uncertain. And uh, I left left that game that night, man, just uh, pretty just just devastated, tore up because that was our hopes were dashed, you know, of any state championship or even uh, regional. You know, once you're out, you're out. So, mm. but it was just about two weeks later that Armstrong State University uh, had uh, took interest in me and sent me a letter, and they were they were going to grant me a scholarship to play basketball. And it seemed like my whole world opened up. I was. Uh, just you know, elated for the chance and and uh, to to continue on. I didn't have a lot of offers, but uh, I thought football was an opportunity, and I just didn't think I just didn't want to play football uh, in college. It's awfully rough and hard on you, and, and just uh, if you get out of, out of that game without a major injury, you're very very lucky. So I thought basketball was my better opportunity and Armstrong came calling so I just said yes to him and uh so how, how did, ready to go down there yeah how did uh, recruiting work back in the 60s Ron how did they how did Armstrong approach you did you know there were scouts from there or how did how did it work back then well you know they were a growing program so they weren't blessed with uh a lot of a lot of resources and stuff then and it, actually uh that i had a friend that was going to armstrong and he played at north and he was on that 67 state team and he was a senior and of course i was a freshman and he was going to armstrong he had played three years at stetson but he transferred to Armstrong for his senior year, and he actually put uh, the good word in for me. And then the coach, uh, you know, listened and agreed that they would they would take a. It was kind of a chance without sight type thing because back then, you know, uh, that was like a ten or twelve hour draw trip. It wasn't, you know, things were a lot farther away and slower, you know, and so they took a chance. Oh, man, they just recruited me really without uh, – they had game film. They had gotten game film from Coach Roush, my high school coach. So, mm. But Steve Holland, I, I'm not, I know you're not supposed to say names, but he was the senior uh, you're good. Uh, from North High School, which really said, yeah, this kid – he can be a good player for you. He's a strong kid, uh, rebounder, you know, defender. I believe he'll be a, a really good college college player if, if you give him a shot. So they uh, they went with his recommendation, and I'm glad they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, there, 
were there uh, recruiters and scouts and, and folks that did that back then, or, or were most of the uh, – uh, did it transpire or play out like yours did, where basically it was a referral and the coach looked at some game films and recruited you? Well, I think that, you know, locally uh, players a lot of times, I guess maybe except for your real uh, big-time players, uh, you know, big-time schools, uh, you know, definitely had the resources and the money to do that. But I believe in smaller schools and stuff, it was more word of mouth and local. I think they stayed probably – closer by you know in state maybe i mean you know even here in indiana butler and uh depaul and just a lot of good universities to play at evansville college for sure but and i think they recruited mostly local you know mm-hmm. to logistically it just worked for them and you know if i went down there that was like 10 hour drive 10 or 12 hour drive so that was quite a undertaking uh at that time of my life because i was you know 17 years old and uh my my family didn't have the resources to just drop down there and see me at at any time so that was quite a, I was like going into the military. I've said that before, but I guess to answer your question, I think that it was generally a, a local, uh, you know, play, play for your state in, in state, maybe, or, or, or Illinois or Kentucky, you know, within a, within a, uh, shorter distances, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But, uh, mm. You know, I know that kids, you know, went to, you know, UCLA and and uh, all over. They they recruited the big universities, got the cream cream of the crop, but they they had the resources to do that. But the smaller universities, I think, really relied on game film and and uh, just word of mouth and uh, and recruited locally. So 10-hour drive, uh, certainly back in the 60s, is longer than a 10-hour drive today just because uh, the cars and technology and so forth, uh, relying on maps and that kind of stuff. What, what was going through your mind those, those first few days um, moving off to college? And, and what, uh, what kind of feeling? Were there second thoughts, anything like that going through your mind at the time? Well, yeah, that was that was quite an undertaking. I had a lump in my throat the day that I left, and I didn't know uh, the fellow that I just that he was a great basketball player. And seniors didn't mess around with freshmen, so that was sort of that was sort of awkward. But yeah, that <clears throat> yeah, we threw our bags in the, in this this Chevy, this uh, Chevy station, a Brookwood. Chevy station wagon. It looked like a hearse, and uh, we threw our bags in there and Ma said bye to mom and my sister. Uh, the rest of my sisters had, you know, had uh, gotten married and moved on with their lives, and just uh, 
the two sisters were home uh, when I was a 17 year old. So yeah, that was quite a quite a trip. <laughs> it was, and Georgia has got to be one of the longest states ever. That you just <laughs> it just seems like it goes on forever. And this old, uh, I think it was a sixty two Brentwood uh, Chevy station wagon, and about ever one hundred fifty miles. We had to pull over and put about two two quarts of oil because <laughs> it was soft and might have had a little cutout. Okay, so uh, putting uh, a couple quarts of oil every so often in the uh, in the station wagon and uh, interesting to say the least. So so you get to college, uh, felt a little uh, displaced, uh, of course, which is. I'm sure very normal in any sports organization. The senior guys are not going to just always uh, welcome the freshmen in with with uh, open arms. How did it develop from there? Well, uh, we got there about a month, about three weeks before school started. So I didn't know anybody, and only knew uh, the senior uh, guard from North, just from watching him and admiring his play. Uh, so it was just pretty lonely and started, started working out, going to the gym, and it was way before school started. And, and that's that's how I got my nickname, Skippy, because I was hungry. We didn't have starve, you know, when you're and we hadn't started our meal tickets yet at school and stuff, so I was eating peanut butter and crackers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve, Steve, the senior point, point guard, he named me Skippy, and it kind of stuck. Everybody, And that's how I'm known down there. Nobody calls me Ron. But everybody calls me Ron in Evansville because that's my name. But down there in Savannah, Georgia, I'm Skippy. <laughs> so, and when you're 18 years old, you know, Skippy fits, you know, but sure. at, at 65, not so much. You know? So I, you I, know? I got to ask, is that still your brand of peanut butter? <laughs> no, I prefer, I prefer Peter Pan, but uh, <laughs> okay. I will eat Skippy. It's been funny. I've been getting uh, jars of uh, Skippy or, uh, with um <laughs> In this book, and since I've sold, been selling these books, and I, since I've written this book, people for a gag have been giving me a little gift of of peanut butter, <laughs> along with uh, paying for the book. It's kind of makes me chuckle. It's kind of funny. That's that's great. Let's uh, uh, we'll come back to uh, college basketball a second, but since you mentioned the book, let's just jump to that for a minute, if we could. So. Uh, Talk about the process of, of writing the book. Uh, how did you enjoy that? Well, I just, I, it's been in my mind, uh, just in the recesses of my mind for a long, a lot of years. And I've just thought of all the characters that I've ran into and the, the place uh, of Savannah and, and just the, uh, it just was circulating. And then I, uh, just got a overwhelmed with this desire to just do it, and I and I'm kind of a I'm a procrastinator. I'm sure 
I'm just, I just am. And I was just kind of overwhelmed with, well, I'm going to do this. So then I just acted on it and I hired an editor and we just, uh, we hit it right off. And, uh, I had put, uh, it just was remarkable the way that it came off because, uh, Believe me, I don't do anything fast, Scott. And it just uh, for that to happen, I and mean, for for I guess I started last September, and by uh, March we had a book, uh, and we published in April. So it's pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, I, I know you know my story a little more than the public does, but my wife uh, is uh, she was. Uh, a uh, renal patient and and ill uh, with kidney failure, <clears throat> and I was I was going to dedicate I was dedicating this book to her, mm-hmm. and she passed uh, December the twentieth of twenty seventeen, right before Christmas. Mm. So uh, during this time, I believe that uh, all this time writing was actually uh, therapeutic for me and it kept my mind from uh, you know just dwelling on on her uh, sickness and her illness she went in the hospital in October of 2017 and and she never came out uh, until she passed Mm. December the 20th so you know she was in the hospital three straight months and this went on uh, for probably six or seven years. So, mm. uh, very difficult time, but, uh, those memories of, of, of basketball and of this great, uh, guys that I had met and friends and classmates and teammates had just driven me to, to get this book done. And, and even that time frame of that era was just uh it was just a really we we're historically it kind of pushed armstrong university into a really good spot basketball really become uh the mainstay or really propelled uh the college sports and athletics into a really good place yeah and we were a part of that those four years we won probably 80 games there about uh had uh played with uh ike and the number one scorer in school history i played three years with him uh sam the number two scorer in school history i played two years with him and then i was a uh, sixth leading scorer in school history still 75 years so that's quite a group of talent right in those those that time frame. So we knew we could put the ball in the hoop and uh we scored a lot of points and and uh those years were really really uh really good years for the university. Yeah. The book, the title again is Armstrong Basketball: A Journey Through the Glory Days. And you can visit Ron's website at ronskippyhancock.com. You were inducted into the Hall of Fame twice. 
talk about that experience uh, for a minute. What was that like? Yeah, uh, well, it was really cool because, uh, you know, Ike and Sam and Sonny, another fellow that played at Armstrong during, during uh, those four years, they were all inducted. My coach was inducted. And I kind of felt like, well, you know, my, my stats really have held up. What's 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 the deal? I, <laughs> I mean, it seems like somebody should be calling me. So I finally did get I did get the call in October. Uh, they called me and said, you know, you've been inducted to the Armstrong Basketball Hall of Fame, and uh, I was just elated. I was just, you know, I'm giddy. I was like. Just all oh, this is so cool, you know. Even uh, you know, I'm 64 now, so uh, that was then. So uh, I'm like, man, that's that's uh, you for real, you know. I didn't know how to act, you know. So uh, you know, and then they so said, yeah, and in, in March we're going to have the banquet, so come down and we're going to ask you to speak, and you know, da da da, all this, and I had, they had a wonderful banquet there was five other athletes uh two uh soccer players male and female and two basketball players myself and another girl and a tennis player i can't i think two tennis players so anyway it was a really special time that the ad uh she was really good and, and uh really great uh, phone call, you know, so exciting, and, and then of course I got to tell everybody that was that was fun and, and cool. Absolutely. <laughs> so and then, and then uh, later that year, uh, after I got back from Savannah and went down there for the banquet and the, the ceremony and everything, the Greater Evansville Hall of Fame. Uh, I think I kind of piggyback maybe in. <laughs> <laughs> in on that a little bit because of the Savannah Award, but nevertheless, I was still grateful and uh, being a little humble, maybe saying that. But I did get into uh, that Hall of Fame in June, so uh, ain't too many, not too shabby. You get in two Hall of Fames in one year, I'll, I'll take that. Anytime. You are the first person I've ever met that. Had- uh, gotten into two, so that's uh, that's pretty. <laughs> that's, well, that's pretty cool. That, that, it uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, I have to admit. Yeah, that that is very cool. Very cool. Uh, back to your book a second. So, uh, what's some of the feedback uh, that you've gotten from your teammates? Uh, anybody correcting any small points or details? <laughs> well, uh, it's funny uh, that you ask because I just got back from Armstrong. We had a book signing at the Armstrong Alumni Association put on, uh, and that was, it was outstanding. I, and the feedback is that Skippy, I can't believe that you you know you you've hit it out of the park, man. You've just nailed things, and you've just explained. Uh, you've just you've really uh, made some great points. Uh, you know, I, I tried to, I talked about a lot of things. Basketball, I had to go to, you know, copyrights. And I talked to Savannah newspaper. And, of course, I wanted to send a cab, uh, to have newspapers to back up what I was saying, you know, to be true sure. was why I wanted to use newspaper articles. And uh, 
but they were they were excited about not not only the, the basketball players. There was probably six or eight there at the, the uh, book signing. Uh, very excited about it. I think because one reason the timing of this was just so outstanding because Armstrong has merged with uh, Georgia Southern, so mm. it kind of uh, you know speaks to the fact that they're no longer Armstrong and you know the, the people of Savannah and uh, especially the players and the classmates were just very thankful that this came out this time and this was it was perfect timing because they have merged with georgia southern now they are armstrong campus but they're no longer armstrong university so it was really good timing and uh almost everybody was real thankful that i did it and uh yeah they brought up points in the book that uh you know, they said that's exactly right. So that's the way I, you know, I, even when I wrote, wrote the book, I said at the first of the book, this is my account, you know, because it's been 45 years. Exactly, so, uh, yeah. You would think that there would be a little uh, a little difference of uh, thought maybe on certain points. So that's amazing that you can recall uh, what you did, that, that everybody's in so much uh, agreement. So uh, nice job. Thank you. They 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 were in agreement, and they uh, felt a lot like I felt, you know, about that time. And uh, it was a very, again, very successful. Uh, the program just ignited uh, the the city. We played on campus fr- uh, my freshman year, and it was a little bitty Cracker Box gym. It was kind of disappointing me because I played my high school gym was bigger than their their gym and mm-hmm. certainly going to Robert Stadium playing there ain't too many people that play before 12,000 people and I know that's that's probably not standard but anyway that's kind of Indiana basketball and then going down there but then my after we played on campus my freshman year there uh, at the school, we moved downtown in the Savannah Civic Center, and it seemed like uh, we had a, some, a great recruiting class. Uh, there were some just outstanding players coming in, and the city and the, uh, the course the college was behind it, but it just seemed to rally the whole city, and it just became an event to go to those games. It, it really was... Uh, the thing to do in Savannah on game night was to go to Armstrong game. And uh, so we, we protected our stadium down there. I think we was, we, we had a 25 game winning streak at one point, which is almost two years. And uh, we lost the game to Lander, I believe, but uh, it was really a, a great time for, for Armstrong basketball, and I've even had some uh, texts from players in previous years saying they believed that we were also the best teams in the school history. Not a lot of postseason accolades, but 
we always was a little bit stymied by a conference for West Georgia from Atlanta area, Carrollton, and they seemed to just have our number, and we just kind of stumped our toe on them all the time. But we had a really good run at it, and uh, the the players and the classmates just were really happy that I did. I, I was just I was elated by the reception because I didn't I didn't know if you know this. I mean, you just doubt you doubt yourself some. You don't know if it's it's going to be as good as it is. And of course, I'm still expecting great things from it. It's still really early, but uh, sales have been good, and uh, you know, I'm just hoping that it continues. <laughs> of course, but uh, more than any of all that, then then it's a hobby now for me. I've got all my retirements fine and everything. I've got. You know, I worked 36 years at uh, Vectron Corporation, a public utility, made good living, and so that's all satisfied. This is this is just reminiscing and research and being a hobby and trying to depict what I think everybody felt about that time of their life and how they felt about the university and then the success of the university to uh, push it into a real good place for 10 or 12, 15 years. And I, I think women's sports came along and they really generated, uh, it really grew on that end down there. And I, I think basketball didn't uh, sustain, but it, during for a good maybe 20 years there, it, it uh was really successful, stayed, stayed in a pretty good place. Once again, the book is Armstrong Basketball, A Journey Through the Glory Days, available at Ron's website, ronskippyhancock.com, and we'll have this information on yourcron.com as well. Ron, are you still a basketball fan? Do you like watching the game the way it's played today? And and if so, how, how is it? There's some obvious differences between – uh, how it's played now and, and when you played, but what it, what sort of differences uh, stand out to you the most? Well, certainly the, the three-point shot is a very big offensive weapon. And, you know, Scott, when I first, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, maybe five years ago, I, I didn't like that three-point shot. I was like, man, that's just ruined the game because everybody just stands around the arc and waits for the ball and, and uh, you know, and then he jacks up the three. But I think in the last few years, they've really, uh, they've got to a point where they're driving to, they're driving to the hoop and then they're dishing out. I really like the game now. It's become become a game of, of uh, slashers and drivers and, and then dishing out to the three-point lane. And I really like the game again. I was kind of dismayed with it there for a while. I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't just, I don't like the way they're staying because we cut and we fast break back in the day and we'd run and uh, we figured the faster we scored, the faster we won. So that was our game plan and our style and uh 
but this three-point shot is definitely a weapon, and, and players have, uh, you know, grew up with that, and, and there's a lot of good three-point shooters. It's a tremendous weapon, and I, I think the game is really in a good place. It, it kind of got stagnant with everybody getting stuffed down in the box and, and fouling and big men. Uh dominating and it's become more of a guard oriented game you know, if you if you uh like fast and and good shooting then certainly the ncaa game is, is at its best right now have you ever thought about coaching or staying involved with basketball in other capacities especially now that you're retired well not now, but Scott, I coached my kids uh, coming up. I coached my daughter's team. She she played uh, all the way up in uh, these these feeder. All these high school had feeder teams, feeder league teams they call, and then she would play for the school teams. But I coached the feeder teams, feeder league teams, and I coached her all the way up. Uh, until 15 or 16, probably from eight, eight or nine years old till uh, 15 or 16, and then I coached my boy same same way in basketball, and I did some uh, just baseball, uh, but not really uh, more of an assistant, but baseball. But I was a, I was the head coach for both of theirs. Uh, basketball teams and so yeah I loved that part of it too and I knew uh, we had some good teams too and we did pretty good but uh, I never did pursue it for a livelihood to to uh, you know to do it for a living I had a you know a good job that I was satisfied with and so I, I did just do it for fun so you uh, had some coaching experience coaching your uh, son and your daughter. Uh, having had that experience, what advice would you give to a young player today starting off in basketball? And in turn, what advice would you give to coaches coaching basketball today? Well, for kids, I would just say to uh, – when you get your shot, when you get to, when it's your time, <clears throat> just put put your all into it, and just to practice, and to just try to improve, do all the fundamentals, the dribbling and shooting, and work hard at it, and good things will happen when you work hard. And for coaches, I would say to. Uh, that uh, probably pretty difficult uh, time for to uh, to teach kids, uh, but they're willing and just to give them their due and give them a, a shot and, and that uh, that uh, that I believe that these kids are. are good at heart and that uh, they'll, they'll respond for you if you if you show them and teach them and love them. And I believe that uh, 
it would it would work out. Great advice. Well, Ron, I I really appreciate your time. Uh, it's been a, a fascinating listening to your uh, story, and uh, uh, look forward to um, digging into the book myself. Armstrong Basketball, A Journey Through the Glory Days. Um, I like to always close my podcast with this question that if you can imagine, say, 100 years from now, several generations from your family or, or even perhaps your, your teammates' family, if they're listening to this uh, recording, what do you want them to remember or, or take away from this recording today? Yeah, I would, I guess I would say that humility would take you a long way in this world that if you wouldn't think that, that you would be humble and that you would uh, treat everybody the way you would want to be treated and that you would, uh, if you have had some success, if you would just act like you're just a normal person and, and be humble about it. I think people can identify with people that uh, don't think too much of themselves and, and uh, nothing wrong with being proud about accomplishments, but a lot bigger person, I believe, is a person that is just humble and would just... Uh, just have humility about itself. I believe people respond to that. And another thing that I probably would add is that uh, work ethic and hard work, nothing wrong with hard work and earning your way in this world. And that, uh, and I believe that would take you a long ways too. Great words to live by. Great words to live by. Ron, Thank you so much for being our guest on Your Prom this evening, and all the best to you in your book, Armstrong Basketball. I thank you for having me.